0: Hello love, before we get into today's episode, if you want even more glittery goodness bang for your buck, well then you need to head to glitterball.plus where you can subscribe for just $7 a month. You'll get first listen access to all your glitterball favourites, ad-free listening as well as exclusive podcasts just for glitterball plus subscribers. You can head to glitterball.plus today to get all that and more for just $7 a month. Let's get into today's show.
2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Glitterball Podcast. Hello, good morning, and welcome to a semi-final one debrief edition of Euro Fever. A guide to the Eurovision Song Contest, past, present and future. Wow. What a show. What a show. As always, I am Ross and I am here to be your guide on this magical musical adventure. And boy do we have a lot to talk about. I have been up since 5am Australian time to witness this magical musical spectacle that is a Eurovision semi-final and I feel like I have been hit by a metaphorical truck there I don't even know where to start so why don't we start with our qualifiers so in the order that they qualified we have Croatia with Let 3 we have Moldova with Pasha Petreni we have Switzerland with Remo Forio, we have Finland with Katia We have Chechnya with Vesna. We have Israel with Noah Carell. We have Portugal with Mimi Cat. We have Sweden with Lorraine We have Serbia with Luke Black, and we have Norway with Alessandra. 15 acts competed, but only 10, as you just heard, made it through. But my God, this was a great show. There's no other way for me to put this. This was delightful and massive. And there was a lot of surprises for me. This was a semi-final where I fell more in love with the songs I was already in love with. That was kind of the biggest change. But there were some surprises for me in terms of staging and kind of just how things came together. I'll start with the most obvious of those, and that was Switzerland. I said to you in our pre-semi-final pod that I wasn't sure if it would translate, and boy, was I wrong. I was just wrong, This was so solid and so strong, it blew me away. I was really proud of Remo. I thought this was a great performance. And the staging, that 30-second clip, and this happened with a few of our acts today, did not do it justice. Because I went, oh, it's a bit flat. But the rest of the performance really kicked it up a gear, and allowed him to sell the vocal, but there was enough of a spectacle around him that it was appealing on both aspects. Because I I genuinely believed in the pre-semi-final chat that his vocal would sell it, but there would not be enough of a spectacle around him, and I am delighted to say that I was wrong. Speaking of songs that I was little bit wrong about in initial impressions. Let's talk Chechnya with Vesna and My Sister's Crown. Again, this was a song that I really loved, but I was worried about the staging. And you know what? It came together. Again, these 30 second clips are almost like red herrings, in my opinion, because I didn't think it would make sense, because there was a lot of darkness going on in the background imagery that we saw, and it didn't connect to the song for me in the clip that we saw. But seeing it all together, you could see the story that was built quite well. It was very powerful. Although I do have questions, because... I don't think I saw all of them with microphones unless my mind is playing tricks on me and I just need more caffeine. But I am a little confused. Now I'm just gonna get this next talking point out of the way because I'm sorry I can't go more than five minutes without or less than five minutes as the time code would indicate without talking about Lorraine. She did it! I am so happy. I I was a little nervous just because I don't know 2012 was such a moment. I was like can she pull it off? Can this be as big as it felt at Melody Festival and cuz this was huge at Melody Festival. Right? This was everything else out the water, levels of magnitude, but I wasn't sure if it would translate, especially with the changes in the staging. I needn't have worried. I needn't have worried. She killed it. I am so proud and glad that I have my little stand card firmly stamped because this was a light to watch. But I also have to issue another Oops, I was wrong. And that is with Azerbaijan. And I was saying that the staging felt a bit too much. I get it now, but I don't love it. It... It feels like... It feels like I'm watching Jedwood, if they were a bit Britpop band, from Azerbaijan. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Sure, the boys are cute, I guess, but this is a song contest, not a can-I-pose-my-way-through-looking-sort-of-lovingly-at-the-camera contest. That's not how this works. So I am a little like, OK, radio. Also, fun fact, Somebody screwed up the cameras because at one point, one of the boys was, like, not centre of frame in the split screen. Whoops. Speaking of acts that did not qualify, I also need to talk about Latvia. Now, I was very critical of Latvia in the pre-semifinal podcast. This was really good. Like, really good. I am... Kind of shocked it didn't qualify. Kind of shocked. Because they were very strong. They were very cohesive as a band, which was also really interesting, considering we had other bands of the evening that were a bit of a mess. I'm looking at you, Ireland. Who I may as well talk about while we're here. Let's just get it out of the way. That staging... Whoever came up with that staging of this Harry Styles light-esque moment needs to be fired. I'm sorry, I know it's blunt, but that was bad. The poor frontman was out of breath by the time he got to the front of the stage, coming down those stairs. It was... What are we doing? And the stairs were useless. The stairs didn't add anything to this performance. And that outfit... Sir, you very nearly had a wardrobe malfunction or at least showed Europe a lot more than you were planning to, shall we say. But I'm quite sad that this song stayed a disappointment for me because I liked it in studio. This really... It really tanked. I would argue that this is almost... No, it is worse than Leslie Roy's performance... At least that you had the technical wow of it. But this had a okay song with a mmm staging. But now I need to talk about one of the songs I am devastated. Let me just repeat, devastated that we are losing, which is Burning Daylight. By The Netherlands, with Mia and Nikolai and Dion Cooper. I am so, so sad, because this was gorgeous. And also, coincidentally, had the fingerprints of former Eurovision winner Duncan Lawrence all over it. This was gorgeous. The staging was beautiful. I love this song, and I'm kind of hoping they'll do more together as a duo, but considering... They failed to qualify Eurovision. I won't hold my breath and/or keep my hopes that high. But this was gorgeous. I love this. And the Netherlands should be very proud even though they didn't qualify. Which kinda of brings me to the biggest talking point of semi-final one. And that is the fact we have now seen what a pure televote semi-final brings us. And I think there were some curveballs, like Croatia, but a lot of it was almost expected for me. And I'm wondering whether semi-final two will be different to this. But this felt very expected and kind of, oh, we know the fans love this, oh, we know the fans love that. There wasn't a lot of curveballs except for Croatia, in my opinion, which in a way was surprising because I thought maybe the public vote would mix it up a bit more but clearly it's the juries that also have a hand in some of us getting different results than we were expecting I guess but I think it will be very interesting to circle back to this point once we have seen semi-final 2 and kind of weigh up the overall balance of okay the fans love this or okay this was a curveball. The only other major curveball you could say was probably Serbia with Luke Black, but I, I stand strong in my statement that I thought Luke's bigger fan base considering the rest of the world vote this time around would hold strong. And it did. The last act that is kind of top of mind for me right now, and we can circle back when I go live later today on Twitch with you all, because I thought that might be a little bit of fun, is we can have a little bit of a Eurovision power hour over on Twitch, uh, because I've been kind of coming up with some ideas, so we'll do a bigger production Thing then, so keep an eye on socials. But the last act I really want to touch on is Israel with uh, Unicorn. Again, the 30 seconds of the dance break was a bit of a red herring. Look, the dance break was great, don't get me wrong. Phenomenal dance break. But the real surprise here, I believe, was Noah's live vocals because I was like, oh no, is this going to be a, you sound great on the studio, but everything's a bit wobbly in person. No, I was wrong. This was so polished. I was shook. So polished.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P.
2: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombuscom slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: She's clearly very experienced and talented and knows what the hell she's doing. This was a tour de force, although I really hope her hips are okay. There was a lot of banging into the stage. Her hips and her knees, actually. Um... It was a lot, but this is a great song and a great message, so I'm not surprised that it got through at all. But to wrap us up, because I don't want to make these too long, right, because I could be here for a while chatting about this, but I want to keep it nice and succinct for you. Let's talk about some of the other moments of the show and our hosts while I'm at it. So I'll start with the hosts, Alicia Julia and Hannah were all very competent, but you know what? I was surprised that it wasn't Alicia up front, that Alicia was in the green room. Given the star power behind her name and being a judge on BGT, I was like, oh, they'll have her out front, but no, they shoved her in the green room. So that really kind of shocked me. Hannah is a delight and just a ball of fun. Julia seemed a little uh, slow to warm up. Once she got there, she was great too. So I'm really curious to see if it will be the three of them back as a trio for semi-final two. The other thing that I should mention, speaking of green room and stuff like that, I think one of my favourite moments, and this felt kind of new for Eurovision, was the big five... Section or Big Six this year, and the kind of pieces to camera of fan questions that felt very new and something that hasn't been done in that way. I don't believe ever. It was kind of nice, it was, it felt very personal but also very chill, which is not what I'm used to with my Eurovision, especially with the Big Five. Normally, there's a lot more fanfare around the big five but this felt very like where YouTube is sitting down to film a video kind of thing which was very different. Speaking of things that were different but this is not something I'm a fan of on the other end of the spectrum. We did not need that everybody's been dancing tonight show us your dance moves moment. That was pure filler. We didn't need that. But let's round things out by talking about our interval acts. Now, we saw a lot in this semi-final. We had Julia opening the show, our gracious host coming in with the rock star vibes that she deserves. And that was really fun. That was really cool. That was a really nice opening to the show. I also really like the opening package with the kid on the bike going around Liverpool. That was great. That was very cute. Uh, but Rita Ora kind of left me a bit Rita Flatter, if you will. (sighs) She just doesn't have the gravitas. And I'm like, did they only get you there because it was cheap, ma'am? And you didn't even bring Fatboy Slim with you to premiere the new single that is based off of his song? Like, ma'am what are we doing? The medley was meh and then the new song premiere was fine but I was like Ugh, this is a bit of a downgrade especially after such a beautiful moving and a highly technical uh, first interval performance with Rebecca Ferguson and Alusha This was gorgeous. This was beautiful. And completely show-stopping. This is what you want from an interval act at Eurovision, not whatever weird, bizarre orgy was happening on stage with Rita Ora. I was like, what? What are we doing? How did we end up in a sex dungeon? I'm confused. Somebody please explain. And it was just such a stark contrast from such a beautiful moving piece to whatever that was. So that was a little um, jarring and, uh, well, disappointing if I have to be really honest with you. But all that said, this was a very slick show and quite surprising for a Eurovision live show. We ended on time. You'll never believe it. We ended on time. I was very surprised. I thought for sure we'd run over. But this just shows you how slick and refined the Eurovision machine has become. But having said that, it hasn't lost any of its heart. Which I think is the most important thing when it comes to our beloved contest. But that is all I have for you in this quickfire... Semi-Final One Analysis. This was an incredible show, and if you haven't watched it, then please go find it on the Eurovision YouTube channel. Make some coffee and just sit down and watch it because it is so worth your time. And if you're in a country that is showing it in prime time like SBS in Australia, then make sure you tune in on Friday at 7.30pm on SBS. The semi-final one but with that I have been your humble Eurovision guide this morning I'm going to go take a nap then drink some more coffee and get on with my day but thank you for being here with me I wanted to just share my first thoughts in a chill relaxed but succinct way so thank you for joining me if you love this please leave us a rating on whatever podcasting app you're listening on and share it with a friend using the hashtag GG Euro Also, come and join the conversation over on socials at WeAreGoodable on Instagram. I will see you later today with that trip to Dusseldorf that I promised, and I will see you tomorrow with all the lowdown on all of our performers in semi final two. I know it's a slight change from what I had planned, but I think it also fits better with the semi finals. Thank you for being here happy eurovision i can't wait to debrief again with you on friday for semi-final two but i will see you in the meantime with more eurovision goodies ross your faithful eurovision correspondent signing off to go take a nap i'll talk to you later Glitterball ball podcast